This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Hey, 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 hey. Whoa. Welcome. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty nifty, pretty fire intro song. Love it. Shout out to Fiverr.com for hooking that up. The gentleman who did that uh, little intro for me was a guy named Xavier Roy, X-Z-A-I-V-E-R-R-O-Y. Great guy, great communication, delivered exactly what I wanted. Tire the Bruce Buffer, it's time. If this podcast podcast takes off, I'll probably have to owe that fucker some money. He's rich enough. Um, welcome. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. This is episode 11. We're cruising along here. I mean, we got, I mean, that's a, that the intro alone should be like, wow, this is, this guy's stepping this game up. Uh, welcome. Welcome to episode 11. Uh, this is going to be an MMA podcast. I know the last podcast was not. If you enjoyed it, I hope you did because, uh, that's my good buddy, Austin. He will be back on episode 20, episode 30, episode 40. I mean, we're going to be doing it as grave. I mean, uh, let, let's be honest. We're going to, we're going to do every zero episode. Um, it's going to be him and I, and we're going to kind of divert off of MMA a little bit considering he knows dick all of MMA, which is kind of crazy. We've been friends for nine, nine years. Seven of those years were probably really, really close, lived together. He watched, he has watched tons of fights and for him not to be able to name 10 active fighters is astonishing. Really? I almost kicked him out of my house. I didn't though. He's a nice guy. So hopefully you liked that podcast. It was a little different, but this podcast is going to be more the same. Me babbling on about MMA topics that you may or may not have heard. May you probably have, I mean, everything I'm covering is, is I don't have any, I don't have breaking secrets. I don't have sources. I'm not Adam Schefter. I don't have any fucking sources, but we do have a very good show. This is going to be one of two this week. I know it's coming out a little later. It's going to come out on Wednesday. We, I'm going to put one out hopefully on Friday, maybe Saturday morning. I'm going to try to get my good buddy Steve on so we can bounce some picks off each other uh, for USD 223. I will not be doing any picks. I'll go over the card. I'll, I'll talk about a couple fights, but hopefully I can do some picks with him. If not, if I can't get him since he's so busy, He's in like 10 dart leagues and a couple softball leagues, and he thinks he's hot shit. So um, if I cannot get him on, then I'll just do picks myself, and we'll, we'll go over that. I mean, I could talk about this card for two and a half years, even with uh, even with the Tony Ferguson stepping out. But we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, Steve, good guy. Hopefully I can get him on. Um, so this is going to be one of two this week. I promise you that. This one should uh, – I'm recording this Tuesday. I could probably get this out tonight if my little – if my little – beautiful beautiful resting baby will let me if not early tomorrow morning and then we'll hopefully have one up friday or saturday right before the fights hopefully it leads you into the fights to make all your betting plans i'm very excited i've been going over this card all week and i and let's just jump right into some of the current news the biggest news in mma right now tony ferguson pulling out of the fights lcl injury gone uh, really weird circumstances. He was, from what I understand, he was at the Fox lot doing some, uh, doing his last bit of promo. I believe he's in Los Angeles, about to fly out to Brooklyn. Was doing his last little bit of promo. Someone said his name. He kind of did like a quick movement to go shake their hand. Tripped on a cord, maybe just kind of twisted his knee. However it was going down, he blew his LCL. Try to, try to train throughout it. Locked up on him. You know, had to pull out of the fight. Unbelievable, unbelievable timing too. Like doing on April Fools, like everyone's like, "This is bullshit." I I I saw some headlines that were complete bullshit. I don't know why people do it. It's not funny. 
Dana preference in his video. Like, this is not an April Fool's. This is real fucking life. But, you know, we got a good replacement. But, you know, back to the Tony thing. The one thing that bothers me, I mean, I'm absolutely devastated that the fight's not going on. It was one of the fights I was looking forward to the most. I've been looking forward to this fight for a very, very long time. My biggest problem with Khabib, besides Edson Barbosa, I don't think he's fought like anybody like, well, I take that back because he has fought Rafael already. Well, uh, okay, I'm wrong. He's fucking good. Um, Tony's a different kind of animal. Tony's tough. Like, uh, RDA just got out grappled. He didn't really get beat up too much. Um, he, I mean, he did, he got beat up, but it wasn't like a Michael Johnson fight or a Edson fight. Edson Barbosa, I mean, he got his fucking face caved in. But uh, besides that, I, I was so excited about this fight. Tony's tough as nails. I, I was going back and forth on my picks. I've been working on a flawless, flawless betting sheet for a week and a half now, and I was going back and forth on this fight. Tony was the underdog. I liked, I like underdogs, and I, and Tony Ferguson is one of those guys. It's like he's he was the fight. How I saw it going was Habib was going to win three rounds, dominating fashion. If he didn't finish Tony in the three rounds, I thought Habib was going to slow down. I don't think Tony's going to slow down. And then fourth round, Tony's going to start kind of picking it up. And then fifth round, it was, I thought the fight was going to come in the fifth round. If Habib could weather the storms, I don't think Tony has huge power, but I thought maybe he could maybe, if Habib was tired, TKO him or even catch him in one of his submissions, one of his chokes. Tony's got really, really great chokes. There was a number of ways this that could have went down, but I, I think I came to the realization that Habib was going to win. Now that's not happening. Now my problem with Tony is, is he has came out and said, um, you know, I shouldn't be stripped of my interim title because I was doing promo, I was doing media, and I wasn't, shouldn't even have been there. Okay, so he, I mean, he essentially is blaming the UFC for making him do media. Everyone on this card has done media, and not every single person has blown their knee out. To me, you making that quick jerk mo- motion to say hello to somebody probably tells me that your knee's probably messed up to begin with. You probably had a lingering injury. I'm sure it was going to happen in the fight. I'm sure it was going to happen off the fight. Maybe it's because you're kicking steel poles, bro. That might be it. I mean, you're kicking poles... Proving how tough you are because, you know, you're from Orange County. When people think people think Orange County, they think of the TV show. I think of Peter Gallagher and his giant fucking eyebrows. I don't think of tough guys. So you're kicking steel poles thinking, you know, oh, this is going to prove that Orange County is tough. Listen, Tony, you're tough. You're one of the best fighters in the world. Quit kicking steel poles, bro. Uh, it, I, I, I mean, that just says it all. Those, those guttural noises I made. I have no idea what to even say about this. I can't believe it got canceled again. This is the fourth time in a row. Not in a row, but fourth time this, these people try to, uh, Khabib and Tony have tried to fight, and uh, it hasn't happened, and it's unbelievable. This fight's never going to happen. I mean, why would the UFC ever, ever make this fight happen? What they got to do is they got to book Khabib against someone else or Tony or someone else, and then tell tell whoever's not fighting, listen, this is what's going to happen. You're going to train. It's going to be Tony versus you know whoever, and then we're going to do the old switcheroo where that person gets hurt and Habib's stepping up. But really, Khabib has been training the whole time. We got we to gotta fucking mind fuck these guys, the public. There's a curse. I don't believe in curses necessarily, but this is crazy. I mean, what, what's going on? I've never seen a fight happen like this. In my top five at the bottom of the show, we are going to go on over the top five cancel fights. This won't be on the list because this would this is obviously number one to me. This this could be number one. This could be on my top five. Four out of the five could be this fight. That's how much I've been looking forward to this. I thought the styles matched up really, really well, and I wanted to see Habib fight a really, really tough, durable guy um, and really push his cardio because Khabib is, you know, he's he's been injury prone. He's been hurt a little bit. 
his cardio has been in question. His weight cut has been in question. So this is this can answer all the questions. But enter Max Holloway, who I love. I mean, this guy's. I mean, what does he fucking eat nails for breakfast? This is nuts that he's stepping out on six days notice. I know a lot of fighters have stepped up. Chris Lieben comes to mind. Michael Bisman comes to mind on really short notice and have have done really well and have won and, and, and kind of made a legacy for herself. I mean, Michael Bisbee knocking out Rockhold, winning the title on, what, like two weeks' notice is insane. I mean, that's that's unbelievable to do that. I mean, I, I believe he's coming off a movie set. So for Max to do this on six-day notice, not only six-day notice, but you also got to remember he pulled out a Jaeger fight on March 3rd. I believe he pulled out sometime in February because he hurt his ankle or his lower leg. And uh, I don't know if it was a break or a sprain or whatever. I know it took him out of the fight. And then now he's fighting for the 155-pound title. He could do something that only one other man has done. That's Connor. So this is, I mean, this is really, really interesting. Um, I love Max Holloway. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. I cannot believe he's stepping up and fighting Animal. I love the quotes that he's saying. He has so much confidence right now. They have a lot of respect for each other. I just watched the, the Embedded before I recorded this. They both share the same nutritionist. They both were running, cutting weight together. It's um it's a it's a different fight than in than Tony because Tony and Khabib hate each other. These guys have a lot of respect for each other. It's gonna be different, man. I mean, Max Holloway's got good footwork. I thought Tony Ferguson it struggled um, moving backwards and he struggled with his footwork. I thought he was a little off balance at times. Max Holloway's got beautiful footwork. I'm worried because Max has lost by to grapplers before. Dennis Bermudez beat him. Dustin Poirier beat him by taking him down and submitting him. So I'm worried about the grappling. I know Max has gotten so, so much better. He was training for Frankie, which you got to imagine a couple, you know, he, he had to imagine Frankie was going to wrestle him. It's a little bit different with Khabib because Khabib is such a, a dominating presence and he's so big and so strong that I don't think he's going to last very long at 55. I would, love, I would love to, you know, all these people throw around, oh, I want to fight GSP. I want to fight. I would love to see Khabib versus GSP. I'm interested in who has the better wrestling there. I'd be really interested in that. GSP's probably got a little bit of size on him, but Habib's a thick guy and has struggles with that weight, uh, struggles with 155. But, I mean, Holloway stepping up. I mean, I, I, I wasn't a fan of Holloway at first. It took me a long time to warm up to him, but now I'm I'm a fan for life. I mean, this dude was – I mean, I'm looking for little bobbleheads to put on my desk right now so I can just always immortalize the guy. Not to mention he's flying from Hawaii to New York so he took the he he agreed the, to take the fight on six days' notice. You gotta imagine that trip, and then the jet lag. I mean, you're you're missing a day and a half at least getting acclimated. Then you gotta cut the weight, which all the online reports do not know how true this is. Um, again, this isn't a fact checking website, but the online reports say that uh, Max Holloway was one seventy eight, and Tyler Mitten came out today, who is his nutritionist, and said this is going to be tie. This will tie the biggest weight cut he's ever done. So Max is a young enough guy. He gets down to 45. This is He's just getting down to 55. But, you know, this is a guy who hasn't been dieting, who hasn't been nutrition. He's been training. He says he's in shape. He's always in shape. He's always ready to go. Um, this is a very, very interesting fight. What's even more interesting is Brian Ortega got the call, too, and he accepted. They were just waiting to hear back from Max because, you know, Max is the champion. They called him first. Hadn't heard back from him yet. But Ortega would have been really interesting because Habib, an incredible dominant grappler. His top game is bar none, probably the best, you know, best in UFC, ground and pound, position, his strength, everything there. And Ortega's probably one of the best guard guys, bottom guys in the UFC. 
really, really interesting to see how that plays out. But I, 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 I can't commend the UFC enough for or for keeping this fight. They could have canceled. They could have put this fight together because Joanna um, Rose could have been a, just as good as a main event. I mean, that that fight's sick too. So this card is stacked. So they could have they could have just kept them off. But I think they did it because Khabib's ready to fight. Khabib deserves a title shot. He deserves the belt. They needed a replacement, and and Holloway stepping up. I have so much respect for that guy. The guy's got balls for days, and um, that's unbelievable. I mean, and, or, and Ortega too, who who's another up and coming kid who I can't wait to to watch Ortega and Holloway fight. I mean, I believe that's the fight that you got to make next after this is 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 that. But uh, Ortega kind of did a little cryptic text where he said, "I got the call." They uh, reset the max first, and then he said, "But." There's a silver lining. I'm going to be fighting both of these guys. So, I mean, Ortega is a big 45er as well. He might go to 55. I'm just worried about Habib um, sticking around for the long haul. I do not know how many years he has left, how many years he wants to do this. I mean, I thought he was just like a single guy. I mean, he's he's got like a family and shit. Like, he's, you know, he, he takes like three months off the year for Ramadan, like, the guy's got priorities, you know, he's going to go wrestle bears and, you know, and do whatever the fuck he does in Pakistan. But I'm excited for this weekend. I mean, I'm having people over my, I mean, it's not every, it's not every fight night that my wife makes hanky pankies. It's a hanky panky kind of fight night. So, you know, it's a good one. And this card stacked top to bottom. We're going to go over a few highlights. And like I said, uh, a podcast is going to come out again. Um, Double double feature this week. It's going to come out um, later this week, hopefully with my buddy Steve, where we break down all the fights, betting odds, who I like, who he likes, why he's wrong, why I'm right. Um, we'll get it. We'll get into that for sure. But um, though, and then the other big news. This is a big news to us. This podcast. This is a very pro Darren Till podcast. He finally got an opponent, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Whew, this fight. I mean, I'm telling you right now. This is going to be electric. I see this is a five-round fight. It's in Liverpool. From all counts, Liverpool is going to be absolutely fucking insane. And Darren Poole, or Darren Till, excuse me, is going to have a huge advantage. I mean, a home field advantage. And Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's concerning me a little bit. He's coming out saying, I don't know who Darren Till is. I don't think he's all that great, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. You're posturing a little bit. I get that. But, but buddy, you better strap up. And Wonderboy's a guy who he's coming off of an injury, I believe a thumb injury. I think he broke both of his thumbs or both his hands or some shit like that. All accounts were, if you if you trust the wonderful Ariel Hawani, he tweeted out, I believe two weeks ago, that this fight is, is not going to happen. It's impossible. Wonderboy's not ready. Wonderboy's not ready. My sources say he's not ready. Well, they must have thrown... A couple shekels his way because Wonder Boy is ready, and he says he's healthy. Um, he's always training, he's always in shape. This fight, I, I love it so much. It, probably the two best strikers at one seventy at welterweight, bar none. I mean, who, who's the better striker at welterweight? I mean, there's arguments to be made, but I think both these guys are going to be amazing. I really kind of want to see Usman get this fight. Usman got uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. I want to see Usman fight this fight because I'm a huge Till guy. But I haven't seen Till fight like a true, true grappler like Usman yet. A guy who not only can wrestle but can can hang with you in jiu-jitsu, has a great top game. Um, it would have been a really dangerous fight for him in Liverpool. But Till, I think, has earned it. He's got a crazy following. He blew up and destroyed Cerrone. He's been calling for this Wonderboy fight. I like it. If this fight gets canceled, I mean, we, it's May twenty seventh. This fight somehow gets canceled, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be distraught. I won't talk to anybody for a week and a half. 
I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm just I'm so pumped for this fight. I'm so goddamn excited. I don't know who's gonna win. Um, I have to still break that down. Obviously, my heart, and my brain is telling me Darren Till all the way. But Stephen Warren Thompson's such a tricky guy. I got to really watch back. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of fell asleep on him a little bit. I, I haven't really watched too much of his. I, uh, I don't think I watched the second Tyler Woodley fight. And if I did, I, I know I watched it, but I don't think I really cared about it. The first one was very interesting. It was a draw. I thought Tyron maybe won just a little bit. Wonderboy kind of came back in the. The end, he got dropped in that, um, I, and I know uh, he looked pretty good against Mazaval, but again, I didn't, I didn't watch it to like a point where like, oh, I'm picking against this guy. I just know he's a fantastic striker. He's got an awkward style. He's got the karate style. Moves really, really well back. He moves back. He kind of keeps his chin up. He does get hit. A, he does get hit quite a bit. Um, Rory McDonald tagged him quite a bit. Darren Till's a giant guy. I mean, Darren Till shouldn't be. Darren Till's like the new Rumble. Like, he's going to finish his career at 205 pounds, and everyone's going to be like, how did that guy make 170 again? I mean, how, how the fuck did he make 170? But um, that fight is just, I mean, kudos to UFC. I mean, they're, they're putting together these fights. I know a lot of people kind of are sour in the UFC because of um, the ownership shift now that WMG owns them or WG, whatever the, you know, Hollywood agency that owns them. And the Fertitta brothers, a lot of people saying that they completely changed and, and they don't care about us anymore. I mean, they're making fights. I mean, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard are, are doing their best at making these fights happen. Let's hope that fight happens because I am tingling with excitement for that fight. I mean, probably the most anticipated fight this year. They've not, you know, and I just right before I recorded as well, I, I heard that Condit and uh, Matt Brown is off. That's devastating. They're trying to find a replacement for Matt Brown. I heard they reached out to Mike Perry. Mike Perry said, ah, I'm a little heavy. I'm recovering from my foot. Thanks, but no thanks. Condit wants to fight in Arizona. I believe he trained there for a little bit. I know he's from New Mexico. What I don't know. He has a connection with Arizona somehow, I believe. So they're trying to get him on that card. Matt Brown, I believe, tours ACL. Pretty nasty injury. Get well, Matt Brown. Um, hopefully they, they find someone in that card because that card's stacked too. We'll go over that. But I mean, Justin Gacy does some poor guys. All I gotta say. I mean, if that could, if that doesn't get your nipples hard a little bit, then you're you're not you're not dead. You're not alive. You're dead. Go check your pulse, pal. So let's go. Uh, let's jump right into the UFC 223 preview. I'm just going to kind of go over some of the, the highlights. Holloway Khabib, we talked about Rojuana, which I think is getting overlooked severely because of how the first fight ended. I think a lot of people have written off Joanna just a little bit. Um, I don't know the exact line on this fight. If I'm being, if I'm, if I'm standing right now, let me, let me pull this up for you. Real time pulling it up. Okay. So Rose is the underdog. So Joanna is a minus 123 favorites. Um, I told myself I was going to bet the, whoever was the under in this fight. So Rose is the under, but my heart's telling me that Joanna's going to get her this time. I see this fight playing out two ways. I see Joanna just kind of going to a decision. Um, Rose isn't going to get tired. I don't see her finishing Rose. I think Rose has a mental edge over her, but I see Joanna kind of pointing her in a split decision. I, regardless, they're probably going to fight a third time. But the other one, the one more logical explanation, which is probably why I'm a bet Rose, is I see Ioana coming out. I know she has focused on her weight. Her, she blamed the weight cut for how weakened she was last time and why she got dropped and all that. 
I see the weight cut going well, but I see her still not being able to handle Rose punches. Rose moves very well. She's not the fastest. She's not the cleanest striker, but she's long. She's got long arms. She uses her reach well. She's got great coaching. Trevor Whitman, Pat Berry. She moves really, really well. Like her movement side to side with these punches are is unbelievable. I think that's still going to be a problem for Joanna. Joanna starts really slow. So I see Joanna getting caught again, fighting through it. Second round, she might be battling back a little bit, but I think she'll get caught again in the third round. I think it's going to end the same. I think it's going to be a TKO, maybe even a choke. Rose is really, really good at chokes. Um, but I also could see Joanna winning. This is a complete pick and fight. I might stay away from this fight, but probably not because it's a high-profile fight. I picked Rose the first time, won a lot of money. Um, off that first fight, I just thought the way Joanna was talking was that crazy. And this fight is not being talked about enough, I don't think. I think this is going to be a fantastic, fantastic female women's fight. And I see Joanna going up anyway. She needs to be at 125. This way cuts that bad for her. There's a 125 division. There's a champion no one really knows. She hasn't defended her belt yet. She won it off the ultimate fighter. Move up there. Become the face there. Keep Rose down here. Um, you know, Rose has a has a lot of people. I mean, Tisha Torres and Jessica Andres. There's a lot of people that Rose can fight. Um, so that's one of the fights that I'm really looking forward to. Another one, too, is Ally Quitta, Paul Felder. This fight, it's going to be the opener of the pay-per-view. And uh, I'm a big Paul Felder fan. He, uh, him on the mic is smooth, man. He's got that smooth Philly. He has a very subtle Philly accent, but he, it's very smooth on the mic. I think he's one of the best active fighters that's calling fights right now. I know everyone's obsessed with DC and everyone's obsessed with Dominic Cruz. I think Dominic Cruz is a little condescending. He's very Tony Romo-y where he likes to predict everything. And if I got to hear that guy talk about underhooks one more fucking time, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Paul Felder is great. I think Paul Felder works really well with John Anik. I think Paul Felder works really well with, with that Fitzgerald guy, whatever, whoever the fuck that guy is. Um, but Ally Quinta, you know, he's he's getting a little notoriety because he talks. I mean, he hates the UFC. He wants to be a realtor. He doesn't want to fight. He wants to just fight one fight at a time. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. You know, I got injured. No one paid for it. You know, it's a, it's a boohoo story. Um, not an Ally Quinta fan. Never have been from the Ultimate Fighter on. Um, thought he was very average fighter in my opinion he comes from a great camp there's some really good guys at that camp i thought he was very average and i think that because of where his mental state is at i mean he's he's one foot in one foot out um i like paul felder all day in that fight big time paul felder has looked tremendous the line is dead even right now which is crazy i know i'm not doing picks on this episode we'll go, i'll go over that with steve but this i mean you better bet the fucking house on, on paul felder i'm telling you right now minus 105 I'm, I'm, I should put $1,000 on him right now, and I'm not even joking. Like, uh, uh, that's just nuts. Put him in his card. It's just stacked from top to bottom. Michael Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis. Very interesting matchup. Pettis has looked really weird lately. I don't know what it was. I mean, a lot of people are talking about steroids. Chiesa, big, lengthy grappler. He's kind of, he's kind of, he, I think he might be a little bit of a mental case as well. Evan Dunham versus Olivia Auburn Mercier. Um, Joe Lozon versus Chris Grunsmeyer. Lozon should some steamroll him. Alex o, Alex Caceres versus Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov? You know what that means? That means Connor's going to be in the crowd and they're going to cut to him every five fucking seconds. Kind of fitting they put Artem on this fight because I think, I think the UFC is very smart. They put Artem on this fight who they could have arguably cut already. But they knew if they put Artem, that's Connor's boy. Connor's gonna fly in. They got the they got the main event is the title that he currently owns in the division. Kind 
kind of sneaky, UFC. I see what you're doing. You can't get anything past me. It ain't gonna happen. But this card is just stacked top to bottom. I will. We will pick every single one of these fights. I promise you that. If Steve is hung up on doing whatever he does, then I will pick every single one of these fights. It's a sick card. I am. I mean, like I said, the wife's making hanky pankies, guys. This is legit. Legit as they come. Uh, too legit to quit. All right. So let's get into hot take of the week. If you listen to this podcast, hopefully you go to MMAtakes.com. And I posted a, uh, a blog I wrote yesterday. It was uh, something that is a real, real life thing. Last Monday, um, my buddy and I, uh, Josh and Austin, are in a uh, group chat. Uh, group chat, and uh, Josh was commenting on the podcast we did. And I, you know, I was I was talking shit on the podcast because you know I'm with I'm with Austin, and that's what we do. And we're men, and we're alpha males, and that's what fucking happens. And um, Josh called me out on my claim that I can beat anybody, uh, any soccer player, and. Um, you know, I don't want to go over half the thing. There's an article MMA takes that I want you to read, but essentially we went back and forth, and I my claim was that I can beat anybody that's under 220 pounds that's not a professional fighter. And he said, well, what about A.J. Green, who is a Cincinnati Bengals? If you don't know, he's a Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, all-pro, all-star, one of the greatest receivers in the NFL currently. I said yes, because A.J. Green is 6'5", 190 pounds, I've seen him hit mitts. I've seen him box. I saw him attack Jalen Ramsey this year. I'm not afraid of him. You know, I trained for four years. Before that, I boxed. I think right now, I mean, I'm not talking like a years of training. I'm talking right now I could be AJ Green in an MMA fight. He was not having that. We fought. It's a very, I, I, I wrote the article in a very satirically, very satire-y um, you know, it, you know, I, I meant what I said, but it was definitely in a joking way. I like, I like riling Josh up because uh, him and I argue quite a bit. I mean, we, I mean, we agree on a lot of things, but then when we disagree, it's you know, it's it's standguard. Austin's like Switzerland; he's middleman, middleman. Austin, he's Switzerland; he's neutral. He doesn't want to offend anybody. He kind of goes one way, he kind of goes the other way. But um, it's a if it, 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 like I said, if you're listening to this, please go to mmatex.com. Read the blog; it is very funny. I stand by that take. Um, I don't really want to talk too much about it on the podcast because I think the article. I don't want to read the article to you. I think I, I, you know, I think the article says it all. But yeah, um, the only thing I will concede, and this is what I will concede, since AJ Green is an amazing athlete, I. It, I, I I could train every day for the rest of my life, two three times a day, and I can hire some of the best coaches in the world. I will never be as good as a receiver as AJ Green, not even close, not even half, right? But if AJ Green hired the best trainers in the world and went to the best camp, went to Jackson's, whatever, and trained for the next five six years, he would be better at me and better than me in MMA because of just his genetic makeup. That's the only thing I'm ever I, I will concede to however the question was could you beat the edge of green in mma fight now and the answer is still unequivocally yes and i'm sticking by that so let's do uh let's end the show we're at 27 minutes here not too bad hopefully you guys aren't tired of me fucking talking top five canceled fights i might want to you know i might hire uh Xavier. So maybe do like a top five little song right there, a little graphic. I don't know. It's, it, maybe I maybe I'll overproduce this. You ever seen that? It's always sunny episode where D and Dennis do a uh, podcast and D's pressing buttons and it's like lasers and like you know blah 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 and then you know just over overproducting and that's not what Dennis wanted. By the end of the episode, that's all it was. 
Maybe that's what I'm going to do for one podcast is just throw a bunch of fucking jingles in there just because cut to these segments real quick. But my top five, top five canceled fights of all time. Now, I'm not talking about fights that have never happened. Like, obviously, everyone everyone wants to see Sakuraba versus Hickson or Theodore versus Brock Lesnar that was talked about. I'm talking fights that were signed, should have happened, got canceled. Um, top five, and it's a, it's a pretty good list. I, I narrowed it down to my top five. Obviously, this is my list. This is my personal preference. You don't like it, go fuck yourself. Number five is going to be John Jones and Henderson. I was really interested in this fight only because I didn't think John Jones could manhandle Dan Henderson wrestling like he has everybody else. Dan Henderson was very, is very, very small for 205 pounder, but he's built like a shit brick house. He's so strong. He's so tough. Um, this is before Henderson got dominated by DC. This is before, you know, he started getting a little chinny. So this was, there was a lot of questions and Dan had a hurt knee. So the fight couldn't happen, but I was really interested in see how John was going to handle that. Obviously I thought John was going to win. I thought John could have choked him out. I thought John could have, I don't know if he could have knocked him out because Dan Hendo at that point was made of fucking cement, but, um, I thought something could have happened. Um, and that, and that, that was one that like surprised me when I was sitting there, Coming up this list, I kept popping in my head. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna add that. I didn't really care about that. But I look back on it. That was a pretty big fight. I, I actually did really care about that. Um, and it's a shame that it never happened. And uh, yeah, so that's why it's on the list too. Because some of these on the list have actually happened. So the next one, number four, T.J. Grant versus Benson Henderson. I love me some T.J. Grant, man. I love me. I didn't like T.J. Grant at welterweight because he didn't win him any fights. But at 155, I love T.J. Grant. He he dominated Gray Maynard. And got a title shot against Benson Henderson. It was all locked and loaded. And uh, he got a concussion doing, um, and I remember this vividly because it, he had a concussion very oddly with jiu-jitsu. And, and he had concussion problems. And he hasn't fought since. Gray Manor at UFC 160 was his last fight. Um, and then, like, Anthony Pettis came in and everyone's like, oh, well, they told TJ to take a dive because they want to give Anthony Pettis a shot because Anthony Pettis and Benson Henderson have the history um, I don't believe that. I thought TJ Grant earned that. I think TJ was like a three or four or five fight winning streak, if I'm not mistaken. Dominated Gray Maynard, terrific fighter. Um, really weird circumstances. He had a concussion uh, while he was doing jujitsu. He said, and then um, for a while, it, it, I remember hearing reports that he's doing this, and, and and he just didn't feel the same. And then I just when I was doing the research for this list, I they said that he um, has no interest in fighting. That he's not going to close the door on it. But he's just no interest in fighting. So I think when he got better with the concussion, I think he realized, you know, maybe just jiu-jitsu or running a school is more his speed. But, man, I thought it would have been a really good fight. Uh, Benson Henderson versus TJ Grant. I thought I thought, uh, I thought, thought that would have been a terrific fight. Number three, Vanderlei Silva versus Chael Sonnen. I know they fought in Bellator, but they did not fight in UFC. Vanderlei had the stairway pop. I believe Chael got popped. I think they both got popped. I think their wives got popped. I don't fucking know. Um, I believe that was a story where Vandalay ran away from the testing, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But they, I mean, they had some real heat. I mean, they got in a literally got in a fight on the Ultimate Fighter Brazil. They hate each other. Chael had they had the video in the van where Vandalay's yelling, yelling at Chael. They had a video, I believe, at the expo where Vandalay approached Chael. Um, they had some real, real, real heat, like professional wrestling style heat. And I would have absolutely. Killed seeing that fight in the UFC. I have since watched a fight in Bellator. I mean, what was it? Two or three years later, Chael's off the juice. Um, it was at 205, not 185. Vanderlei 
absolutely looked horrible. I mean, he really, truly did. I, I, I didn't even want to watch it. He, he didn't look great. Hasn't fought since, and nor should he. Um, he's been in so many wars. He abused his body with steroids. Maybe should hang him up. But um, that was a fight that in the UFC that, that I was really looking forward to. I remember when... I, I can't remember who got busted first. Was it Vanderlei or Chael? I know they both got busted kind of right around the same time. That's what uh, ultimately let Chael get released from the UFC. But that's a fight that should have happened, could have happened in the UFC. It did happen a couple years too late. Number two, John Jones versus DC UFC 200. I put this on there because UFC 200 was such a such a big event, and it, and it was like the the card was stacked. I mean, the first fight. The, the very first prelim was Joe Lozon versus Diego Sanchez. The idea behind UFC 200 was amazing. That weird test result with John Jones getting busted with steroids, Daniel Cormier fighting Anderson Silva on like 24 hours notice. Um, it's just one of those things where, like, that would have, I, I, you know, UFC 200 wasn't probably the greatest UFC anybody's ever seen in the world, but I definitely think um, that would have added to it. I think that would have been amazing. They It would have been number one. Because it was such a letdown, I know that the famous video of DC in the back, basically in tears. John Jones, probably one of the most polarizing figures in MMA, so this could easily be number one. But it's not number one because they eventually did fight. So this fight got canceled. It kind of got rescheduled. However you want to do it, this was almost like a Habib Tony situation where it was almost for like a while after after the first fight, we couldn't get these guys to fight for a while. Um, but I'm glad it happened. But yeah, UFC 200 would have been much better if DC John Jones would have fought. And number one, Conor McGregor, Rafael dos Anjos, no brainer. This fight should have happened. I was really looking forward to this fight. Dos Anjos broke his foot, um, and that's when Nate Diaz stepped up. So not all is lost because if I mean theoretically, if if RDA did not break his foot. Then we might have never, not have ever got Connor and Nate. So there's a silver lining to that. But I, but selfishly, I thought this would have been such a good fight. Um, Jafio Dalsanos, I love saying his name, is a tremendous fighter. He has made a career at 170 now. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's in a title eliminator. He's gonna, he's gonna fight for the title one point or another at 170. I thought he looked fantastic. His Robbie Lawler performance was amazing. I bet the house on Robbie Lawler. RDA took me to the cleaners. Fuck you, RDA. Um, this fight, I mean, this fight to me had it all. I, I, I thought Rafael Dos Anjos looked incredible at 155 at some points. I know he had some bad weight cuts. I know Eddie Alvarez destroyed him. But before that, you know, um, a lot of experts and people are talking. They didn't know how Conor would handle this fight because, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to be the bully in there. Rafael Dos Anjos steps forward. You know, he pressures, pressures, pressures. He's got great leg kicks, didn't get tired, great grappling. Um, this was the famous red painting night when Connor showed up with the with the fucking drug dealer outfit on or whatever he was wearing. He he said it's red painting night, which got kind of famous. But um, and this fight should have happened. It was it was it was my number one. It's still number one. On I want to see this fight. I know Connor. I mean, I don't think Connor should be at one seventy. I know he probably will fight at one seventy. This fight needs to happen. But that was that was a pretty big bummer for me. I was I was absolutely devastated when that fight didn't happen. That's the list. That's the top five. I dare you to do better. I dare you to do better. You can't. So that's the show. That is it. Episode 11 in the books. Like I've said about 800 times, I will be doing a second uh, episode this week. We will, I will go over every bet. Every I'm going to bet the whole card. I'm so juiced for this card that I'm going to bet every fight. I'm going to give you every fight pick. Hopefully, 
with a guest so we can bounce some ideas off each other because, I mean, I know this is hard to believe, but I'm not always right. But, I mean, I mean, 98% of the time I am. But uh, that's the show. All right.